On this episode of the Into Stillness podcast, we're going to be covering the practice of Japa meditation. Mainly, what is Japa meditation? How do we practice Japa meditation? And then I'll go over the different kinds of mantras and give you a bunch of examples、um, that you can use as inspiration and as a stepping stone into searching for and discovering your own personal mantra that connects with you and your meditation practice. So, What is Japa meditation? It's a type of meditation involving the repetition of a chosen or given mantra, typically in rounds of 108 repetitions. And you can do that between one and 108 times daily. 108 is a lot, it takes a very long time. I usually stick between one and three rounds per day. And mantra in this sense is not to be confused. With a positive affirmation or intention,、um, such as I am strong or I am enough,、uh, English phrases and words like that.、Uh, a mantra here is defined as a mystical energy encased in a sound structure.、Um, mantras cannot be created, they've been discovered a very long time ago and passed down、um, over the generations. So these are Sanskrit words or phrases that are traditionally、um, sacred and have sacred meanings. In different mantras,、um, they can represent or contain the energy associated with different aspects、uh, of God or ultimate reality. There are four different types of Japa meditation. We have Vaikari, which is loud and audible. Upamshu, which is whispering,、uh, it's much quieter. We have Manasika, which is mental, so internally in the mind. And Lakita, which is written. Now, how do we actually practice Japa meditation?、Um, traditionally, Japa meditation is practiced with a Japa mala or rosary consisting of 108 beads. Often made out of different woods or gemstones. And depending on the mala you get, the wood or gemstones contained in your mala can all represent different things.、Um, it's something you can really look a lot into. This is one of my personal ones it's 108 lotus seeds. I do like the lotus seeds because they're larger. And it's just when you have larger hands, it's easier to have a larger. Uh, bead or wood to move through your fingers. The small ones can be,、uh, sometimes you end up skipping one unknowingly. So I do recommend a large one if you have somewhat larger hands. So the practice itself immediately we remove the index finger from the equation. The index finger represents the false ego, so we don't want it to connect physically with our mala. The mala is then placed over the remaining three fingers of the hand, like so. This bead right here in the center is called the Meru or the Guru bead,、uh, often signified by a tassel that's attached to it. So we start with that bead resting on top of the middle finger, and then we begin with the bead adjacent. To the far side of the guru bead from you. And from there, 
moving with our thumb every repetition of your mantra, you move one bead at a time. Always pulling towards you, never pushing the beads away from you. Like that. And you would go 108 repetitions all the way around to the other side. So you'd end up with the guru bead coming back up this way, but you never want to cross the bead and start moving again. Instead, you would flip it around and then just start moving the other way again. You get used to it um, after a while, after so many repetitions, it just becomes a completely uh, natural process um, that you can move through. Now we can get really traditional with the practice um, and that involves not letting your mala um, come in contact with the ground or even um, greater, not coming lower than the navel into the lower energy centers of the body. And we can do this through a couple methods. One being a japa mala bag like this. They are slightly difficult to find, but I did order this one myself from India online through Etsy or eBay, something like that. So the bag has a hole for your index finger. It goes over the shoulder and then you would just, again, do the same thing, move the mala inside the bag this time. And that way it stays above the navel. Um, and there's a few more reasons for the bag. Um, Japa is a very personal practice. Um, your personal Japa is meant to represent your connection to the divine or the supreme reality, um, God, essentially, things like that. So it's only meant for your eyes. If you really want to practice how it's been done for a very long time, you get the Japa Mala bag, you would keep it inside, you'd never take it out, and it's for yours, your eyes only. If you don't have the bag, you can always just cup your hands around the belly and then it can hold the mala as you move through the practice. And again, this is really only if you want to practice a very traditional way. I tend to just leave my japa mala in the bag, resting on the floor, and then move through it that way. Now, what do you do if you don't have a mala, you don't have access to one? Um, I do highly recommend you picking one up if you're interested in this practice, but under the circumstances where maybe you forgot yours, you don't have one yet, you're waiting for one, um, something like that, you can practice using your fingers. So if you notice, every finger is split into three different sections where the knuckles are. And we can use these three different sections to count multiples of 10 on the left hand and then singles, um, single repetitions of your mantra on the right hand. So using your thumb 
every repetition, you would move one section down from finger to finger, up to 10, which is the tip of the pinky, and then you would record that 10 on the left hand. Again, moving through another 10, you get to 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, so on, up to 100 on the left hand, and then you would repeat another eight on your right hand, and then reset back at zero if you wanna complete another full round of 108 repetitions. So this can be a good method, again, when you forget your mala, you don't have one. Often if it's really hot out, uh, the japa mala can be kind of sticky to move through the fingers because the fingers get a little sweaty. So sometimes I like just to use the fingers anyways. Um, so in that regard, recording on the fingers becomes very useful. And that is essentially uh, the steps to practicing japa meditation. Now, how you choose to actually do the repetition is of course up to you, the cadence internally or externally uh, or written is all up to you. I prefer to do one repetition on the inhale and then one repetition on the exhale. And then depending on your rate of breath, you should get between eight to 11 or 12 minutes per round of 108 repetitions. So you can kind of time your meditation practice by the amount of rounds you want to complete. Moving on to the different type of mantras and examples of mantras that you can use for your practice. So mantras cannot be created or tailor-made by the hand of humanity. As I mentioned before, mantras have always existed in a dormant or undiscovered state as sound energy. Mantra is perceived or heard only when an individual becomes truly silent. So mantras are split into three different types, which is saguna with qualities, nirguna without qualities, and bija, which are one syllable seed mantras. Beginning with a few examples of saguna mantras, we have Om Namah Shivaya, which is prostrations to the Lord Shiva. Shiva is the third member of the Hindu Trinity. He represents the universal power of destruction in which all existence ends and from which it arises again. Um, this mantra is recommended for people with a withdrawn nature attracted to meditation in solitude. Next we have Om Sri Ramaya Namaha, prostrations to Lord Rama. Rama is the seventh incarnation of Lord Vishnu, often pictured with his wife Sita and faithful devotee Hanuman. Lord Rama teaches by example how to lead an ideal life in this world. He is the perfect man in all aspects. Rama and Sita epitomize the devotional relationship between husband and wife. They're the model for people with family duties. Om Shri Maha Lakshmi Namaha, prostrations to the mother Lakshmi. The goddess of fortune, beauty, and wealth, Lakshmi is the mother who nurtures and gives everything to her children. Lakshmi is the bountiful provider. She aids in the preservation of the three worlds. 
by bestowing wealth and abundance of a material and spiritual nature. Next we have Om Aim Sarasvati Namaha, prostrations to Goddess Sarasvati. Goddess of music, eloquence, wisdom, learning, knowledge, and the arts. She is involved in the creation of new ideas and objects. She is responsible for bestowing wisdom and knowledge. This mantra is recommended for people of an artistic nature as Sarasvati is the mother of poetry and inspirer of all music. Now we have a couple Nirguna mantras, beginning with Aum, which is the sound of creation. All other mantras are hidden within the mantra Aum. Aum is said to be the primordial sound through which the whole material universe manifests, exists, and also dissolves back into. Om's three syllables represent the yogic trinity, Brahma the creator, Vishnu the preserver, and Shiva the destroyer. It also represents the three levels of human experience, dreaming, deep sleep, and wakefulness. And there is a fourth syllable to the mantra Om, and that fourth syllable is silence. And that silence represents the underlying ultimate reality. Due to its abstract nature, this mantra can be difficult for a beginner to grasp, but can be used effectively by anyone. Next we have Soham, I am that I am. Soham is a formless Vedic mantra that associates the meditator with the immortal Atman, which is the pure individual soul. Its use invokes the non-dualistic reality of the self. The two syllables so and hum can be felt and heard with every inhalation and exhalation. If you actually pay attention to the sound um, your body makes or sound your breath makes as it moves through your body on an inhalation and an exhalation, it does tend to sound like so and hum. I recommend you do try it out. Learning to meditate on so hum through proper breathing brings existence without form without qualities, without past, present, or future. And I just noted here that these are only a few mantras. Um, these are some of my favorites and ones that I've practiced with or have been acquainted with or been taught um, by my teachers. But I do recommend just using these as inspiration. If none of these resonate with you personally, um, do some research, find other mantras really find one that connects with you and can connect with your meditation practice. Now let's read this quote here by Swami Shivananda from The Practice of Yoga. The efficiency of the japa is accentuated according to the degree of concentration. The mind should be fixed on the source. Then only you will realize the maximum benefits of a mantra. Every mantra has a tremendous force. A mantra is a mass of tejas or radiant energy. It transforms the mental substance by producing a particular thought movement. The rhythmical vibrations produced by repeating the mantra regulate the unsteady vibrations of the five sheaths. It checks the natural tendencies of objective thoughts of the mind. It helps the spiritual power and reinforces it. 
So that's pretty much the 101 on Japa meditation, how to practice it, what is it, and then all the examples of mantras that I've included for you in the book. If this practice of Japa meditation is something you're truly interested, I definitely recommend giving it a try, um, at least for an extended period of time, so you can fully try to grasp um, the practice itself and really connect with your mantra. I hope this helps as a stepping stone to beginning and evolving your own Japa meditation practice. And you know, it's, it's the one that connects most personally with me. And it's the one I've been practicing solidly for over a year now. So I really hope this helps um, you connect with it and gives you a better understanding of the practice. Happy meditating.